What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Active Texan Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Watts, your host, and today we have a special guest with us, Rachel Kerbel. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Rachel currently is just an active mother, I would say, right? I, yes, that's that's <laughs> correct. Active mother, we have an active family, um, and yes, I would say that's very accurate. What, and then what we're going to get into today is a little bit of the background of kind of how you got to this point and how even details of the way you particularly raise your family to be active and playing in sports, doing all kinds of things with them, and kind of how that you got there. So where you started as a kid, what it was like um, with your parents and how you were raised, but then how that led to this active lifestyle. And also some things like, um, I mean, you got to the point where you were playing college and soccer. We'll talk about that. And then you started a business related to soccer and kind of have moved through that and done different things. And so I'm really excited about this conversation to Thanks. see kind of where it goes and uh, find out a little bit more about you and your experiences and what, you know, a lot, I think a lot of people will be able to, re to relate to some of the stories that you have to tell. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so first, why don't we just start out and tell us a little bit about yourself, like your background, where you grew up, um, so early years. Rachel. Early, early years. Yeah. Okay, so I'm originally from Fort Worth here in Texas, and so we... Were you born in Fort Worth? I was. No, so I was actually okay. born in Daytona, Florida. Um, oh, okay. But we were, I was little when my parents moved to Fort Worth, and so it's really... I was really, born in Fort Worth. Oh, were you really? Yeah. What part? Uh, <laughs> I was born at Baylor All Saints okay. Hospital. I don't know where we live. Yeah, we live so close I'm, to one of the campuses, I think near TCU. I was kind of near TCU, too. The Hewlin okay. area, you know, that's pretty close it to It was where. Stadium Drive where I live. Stadium Drive, my goodness. <laughs> wow, are your parents still there? 4936. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> No, we knew this. Our, our parents taught us a song to learn to learn how we where oh, we lived. Okay, that and is so funny. That's why I remember it. And then, but I was um, two when we moved from Fort Worth to Arlington. But I did okay. grow up in that area. Okay, very good. Yeah, yes. So we actually have a lot in common. Um, so grew up in Fort Worth, and um, my husband and I met at Baylor. He played football. I played soccer, and then from there we moved to College Station. So that's kind of jumping ahead. Um, we keep moving further and further south, you know, Fort Worth to Waco to College Station, and I told him this is as far as we are going. It's hot enough here. So mm -hmm. we've landed here about 20 years ago. We've been married almost 20 years, um, and it really feels like home. It's where we have all three of our kids have been born, and we're currently raising them. So, um, but yes, I grew up in Fort Worth, and I have an older brother and a younger sister, and um, my mom, I would say she was more involved in music and probably couldn't walk a straight line. I mean, she, she admittingly, she would admit it. She is not very athletic and that was okay, but it was important for her to us, you know, as kids to experience sports and being active. And that was very important to her. Um, my dad, he was very quick and athletic. And so um, some of us took up after, after him. But yeah, so we grew up there and... Um, Did you do anything related to music? I tried for a little bit and found out real fast that that was not a thing for me. So you think that that's pretty much kind of a natural thing you have or you don't? Um, I think you can grow it and develop into it. My sister, um, so I'm kind of jumping around just a little bit, but my sister actually, she ended up playing soccer at A&M. Um, and we played each other eventually. Uh, yeah, she did. She played at a &M. So we, we grew up very active. I mean, I can tell you all about it, but, um, my mom started her on piano and, um, she really kind of dedicated to herself to that and became 
pretty good. So it wasn't natural for her, but she grew in it. And I think the same could be said for most things. If you dedicate enough time, I mean, you can really grow at whatever you love or have a passion for. So So really, you just didn't want to pursue that? I didn't. <laughs> I remember, yes. No, I was all about running from the start. Really? Yes. Like just running around, doing whatever you could running? Uh, running. Um, I would pick up the mail and my parent, my mom would, have, we had a long driveway. We lived kind of in the country and I, she would follow me in the car and I would run and see how fast I could go almost every day. Um, awesome. <laughs> I remember running away from her in the grocery store. She took me to the hospital one time. I, she thought I broke my leg in the middle of the night. I was, you know, upset. By the time the doctor saw me, I was running down the hall. So I actually just have always enjoyed running in general so which kind of leads to although i was a very shy child and so um anyways uh i don't know if you want to hear about that but the reason my parents put me in soccer was because i was so extremely extremely shy painfully shy it was um, what age was this so i can remember being afraid of people pretty much my whole life i remember hiding behind my mom's leg and you got to be pretty small for that um, I don't remember where I was or anything, but always being behind her. And a lot of kids do that, but it, I never really started to grow out of that. I was, I mean, when I say painfully shy, I can remember in second grade crying in school and that is probably not normal. <laughs> so it really became a fear. You know, I think there's a difference between being shy and having a fear of other people and it was growing towards that. Um, I was never bullied or anything like that. I just was not comfortable around people I didn't know in a school environment. So my parents ended up taking me to a counselor and, um, you know, I think it's in parents for people to recognize, you know, what level of shy is normal. You know, kids always hide behind their parents' legs, but at some point, if it continues to develop, you know, when to get help. And my mom recognized that I needed help. So she took me to therapy. I didn't even know I was in therapy. It was group therapy. And they recommended putting me in a group sport. Hmm. Um, because it forces you to work with others. Um, it forces you to assert yourself in a way, you know, um, especially like soccer or basketball you know, football for boys or whatever, you gotta call for the ball, you gotta um, encourage your teammates. You have to get along with different personalities, you know, which can be difficult on a team. There's a lot of different personalities generally. And so they said it would force me to um, come out of my shell and learn how to get along with others. And so that's why they put me in soccer. It was a good fit, they knew I liked to run and we had some fields up the road from us. And I started about second grade and played all the way through Baylor. So you were seven or eight, seven years old, right? When you started playing soccer, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was, a, it was at that point. I mean, your mom realized you needed something to help you kind of get through being really shy. Mm -hmm. It was more than usual, but I think probably more kids kind of suffer from this than we realize. Um, but having that insight from the group therapy they were having to get you into a team sport, I think that is pretty awesome. Yeah, um, and, it, and it really worked too. Um, she has told me through the years, I mean, I remember feeling a sense of gaining confidence. Um, I'm still a natural introvert, but um, playing for so many years and being on so many teams and so many girls, 
and really at a higher level, um, it re you can't help but grow your confidence, you know? Um, just even in your failures, you learn so much. Um, and so it really, really was something that was life-changing for me. And yeah, for the therapist to recognize that was just huge and instrumental. I mean, it, it changed who I was. So. I wonder if there, I mean, there's probably other ways to, to treat this and to kind of deal with it. Um, but I think it's really cool that sports can be a way. Sports can, yes, it can definitely be a way. And, you know, I think they probably recognized, I'm sure there was more that went on behind the scenes than um, what I knew, but I think they recognized I <laughs> like to run and I was naturally fast. Um, and that might have been part of what they talked about, and that was a good fit. For other kids, you know, some of them are musically inclined. And even, you know, marching band or some kids who are artistic taking, you know, at least art classes with others where you have to engage or group projects or really I feel like you can translate for whatever your talent is or your child's talent is, um, you know, because I do believe we all have gifts and talents and you know, um, so what I encourage my kids that, you know, I feel like it's our responsibility to glorify God in, in, in doing our best with what we've been given. And so, um, so anyways, I, I feel like that absolutely can translate and not just sports, but really encouraging your kids. For me, it was, it, it was something they forced me to do for my own good. And, you know, when we discipline our kids, it's for their own good. And, and for me, going down the wrong path, they knew that this is what I needed. And so, yeah, I would just encourage any parents out there, even if yourself, if you struggle with being an introvert, and especially during this time of COVID where it's easy, once you've stayed home for so long, it's easy to keep staying home and it's a little bit harder and harder for natural introverts to get out. Mm -hmm. um, and I would just say, just do it. Um, don't wait for the motivation. We... Um, you know, if you are wait, if you wait to be motivated to do something, it may never happen. Just do it. Just do it. So. Uh, yeah, I like that you mentioned other things. It's I think it's important to for the, to help the person, depending on what the person likes to do and kind of what you can you know that as a parent, kind of right. what makes your child happy. Um, you've seen that, and so there's all kinds of different avenues, whether it's music um, or sports or something like that, to to be able to treat something like this that is really kind of a social, you know, a social problem um, that can be addressed. And right. for you, it's addressed at the right time, and it cha changed your life. It right? did. It absolutely set the course for my life. And also, I would say, yeah, just look for um, something that comes natural and something your you or your kids enjoy and pursue those things. And it is not necessarily have to be sports, but if you have a very active child, it's most likely a great fit for them. Mm -hmm. Did so. you, did your parents have you try any other sports? Um, I loved it so much. I really didn't until, and I'll say this, another way they helped me um, is I was, went through public school all the way through eighth grade. And then in high school, I was still struggling a little bit because my club was outside of school. And so there was a little bit of a disconnect there. And so then my mom started working at a private school a smaller setting. You know, everybody, um, in a smaller setting, you generally can, if you want to play sport, can. It's not like the big public schools where you pretty much have to be college bound to even make a team these days. Um, 
So I went to a smaller high school and was able to pursue other sports. And um, that, that was really, really just a lot. It was a time in my life that was a lot of fun. I was able to connect with others on a friendship level, but also incorporate that sports that I loved, whereas it was separate before. So that was a good move as well for my parents, um, recognizing I needed a little bit of a smaller environment to where I could get to know people on a more intimate level and be involved with them in almost every sport. So yes, I did basketball all the way through high school and ran track. Um, I think I tried softball one season and that was a little bit of a joke. <laughs> it, it did not work out well. But yes, I was um, basketball was another sport that I, I really enjoyed and loved playing so much. When did you realize that soccer was your sport, like, to, as far as to the next level? Right. So there's always a point in time, you know, especially if your children say they want to play college sports, that you have to make a decision to pursue it. And for me, that was around my eighth grade year. Um, I lived in Fort Worth, but the Lake Highlands Classic League um, – it's a soccer league in Dallas. I don't even know if that's what it's called anymore. I know they have ECNL and all these other things. It's probably not called that anymore. It's probably not called that anymore, but it was. I think it's similar to what they have now in Dallas. And so it was a real hub for soccer. And we had some friends whose daughter made the move in seventh grade, and they said, you know, you really need to go try out and make this move. And so I went and tried out in eighth grade, and um, it, was probably, it, it was probably equivalent to what you would call ECNL now. Um, and pursued it through high school, but it, I mean, it's, it's a commitment. It is, you, you find a lot of time on the road and spending holidays, you know, at tournaments. And so you really have to be dedicated as a family. And that is a sacrifice your family also has to make, especially if you have multiple siblings. Um, but my parents were supportive and they knew that was my goal to play in college. And so they sacrificed a lot of time and then they did it again for my sister who's three years behind me. I was about to ask, I mean, I mean, you mentioned your sister played mm -hmm. college soccer as well. She did. And what about your older brother? Um, he actually is a lawyer. He was more academic and pursued academics and went to UT Law and, and became a lawyer. And he's now a federal judge. Yeah. So. Um, they've always encouraged us to pursue, you know, what we're interested in love and have passion for, which I try and do with my kids too. But yeah, my, so my sister played in the same league. Um, and back then, I only even know if you've heard of this, it's called ODP, the mm -hmm. Olympic Development Program. Okay, so it's kind of, coming up. yeah, so it's kind of not a thing anymore. Um, but it was the thing back then. And so she was on the national team. Um, and what else? She was a parade All-American. Um, she went through a rough patch in high school. She was anorexic. Mm. I think some of the pressures got to her a little bit. Um, and so, but yeah, she recovered from that and went on to pursue. It, it was really inspiring to watch. I mean, she was sick to the point when she was in the hospital. Mm. Um, they called us in the middle of the night. She was admitted for two months at a recovery treatment center. She's about 5'10", got down to 80 something pounds this is in high school this was in high school and um obviously she had to quit soccer for a while and you were already at Baylor at that point I was in my senior year of high school okay. when she was admitted and we got a call in the middle of the night to come to the hospital because they couldn't find a heartbeat because hmm. they checked these kids it's an in-facility program and they they have to make their rounds because your heart gives out 
And um, so we got a call to rush to the hospital because um, they couldn't find her heartbeat. So they called the pastor and everything, and we thought that we lost her. And turns out it was just so weak, they, they literally couldn't hear it. Um, so you force fluids, you force, you know, they did whatever their protocol was. She ended up making it, um, getting on, you know, different therapies, um, and she ended up recovering and really went all in with soccer, and G at A&M pursued her. She actually got some offers from, like, FSU and Pepperdine, and so... Um, but she went, ended up at AM um, and pursued that. And Ju is a really good support system for her. Um, and so, yeah, we, we ended up playing each other. I was a senior and she was a freshman. In college? In college. So, so we were both number 12. Oh, wow. So How my. How did she get number 12 here? Right. So <laughs> I was must number be really good. <laughs> so I was number 12 at Baylor and she was number 12 at AM. And so my parents came with, they cut, you know, a shirt down the middle and they mm. had a maroon one and a green two and sewed them together and they all had a combination of Baylor and a <laughs> shirts with the number 12 on them. I was about to ask, how did your parents juggle, like, bringing both of y'all up in soccer, both in high school and college? College, that kind of answers it. It's like, well, maybe we cheer for whoever we're at the game for. Yes. And support them, even yes. if they're playing each other. But in high school, like, with that going on outside well outside of what she went through um what was that like for your parents was it just 100 percent dedication on their part of committing as a family like you said i think so and my you know and there are sacrifices made that you don't even think about like my brother was older but he even talks about you know recently he said something about how much time we we were gone at the soccer fields and so even he made a sacrifice without really you know recognizing it at the time because he was on his way into college and stuff, but um, it was, it was a full 100% commitment. And I'm telling you, as soon as I turned 16, they handed me the keys. I was like, drive to Dallas on your own. Um, I got another one to take care of. So I don't, I didn't realize at the time the sacrifices that they made, but it, it was huge. And I realize it now with three kids and my son wants to play baseball in college. Um, and that is a big time commitment. And to do two, um, three years apart, yeah, they sacrificed a lot of their time. And so I'm very grateful for that because it did shape me in a lot of ways. So along those lines of it shaping you, do you feel like you missed out on anything in high school? Having to, I mean, bear that much responsibility that quick? I mean, you didn't really have time to uh, enjoy being a 16-year-old. It's like here's, I mean, you, you got to get yourself to practice. You got to get yeah. back safely. You, in a sense, had to grow up a little faster. Maybe so. Maybe I had a, a few more responsibilities than an average high schooler, but I absolutely had a ball in high school. And part of that was being at a smaller school. I still managed to do basketball, track, um, and be involved in, in the school in different ways. And so uh, I really didn't feel like I missed out until the holidays came around and the showcases were every holiday. And so... I really felt like that might have been the only time I really was a little bit fed up with it. And there actually was a time, and this is something I try and instill in my kids, there was a time in high school that I wanted to quit because I was burned out. 
after about three years, I think it was my junior year in high school, right about the time you're ready to be recruited, mm -hmm. um, I was really tired. I was tired of keeping up with grades, driving myself you know, to Dallas, and it was only two nights a week. I think now girls are expected to practice three nights a week. It's a little more intense than it was back then. It's still as competitive, but I feel like it's a little more intense now, and there's so many more girls. We were kind of on the tail end of like the Meham, you know, where the World Cup became famous, and I feel like I was about five or six years behind that, and so it was not new, but even the Baylor program was three years old. Mm. But so the pressures weren't as big because there weren't as many girls. There's so many girls playing now, um, and I think it's great. But so I wanted to quit, and my parents let me. To my surprise, I didn't think they were gonna let me. Wow. They let me, and my coach and. <laughs> And it really forced it back on me to think, uh, okay, now what? Who am I? It was kind of my identity, but um, my coach called and was like, don't quit. You know, you don't have to drive to Dallas for practice, just come to games. And this is something my parents, <laughs> just don't quit. And this is something my parents told me and that really helped my thinking and you know, how I train my kids they said you can quit if you want but if you want to play you're going to be at every practice and every game you are part of the team that's what it means to be a teammate you know you're not just going to show up for the games that's unfair to the teammates so they instilled that discipline that um, dedication um, and it really shaped my character and so i try and do that with my kids now even when kendall i mean you treated kendall when she had a broken foot mm -hmm. she was at every practice standing on her crutches mm -hmm. because that's what it means to support your teammates um, even if she can just hobble around and grab balls she's still on the team you know and she went to all the games and so if my parents had not done that I don't know that I would parent the same way you know but I really feel like that instilled a drive to teach my kids to stay committed to what you're committed to finish the season and if you don't want to do it again that's your choice but you're not gonna quit, you know? And so, and just hard work, you know? It's going to be hard to keep up with everything, and that's something I tell my kids all the time. It's going to be hard, but life is hard, and I think it follows them into adulthood because it did for me, you know, learning how to work hard and be disciplined, just kind of in life in general, so. But to your surprise, your parents said you can quit. They did, it, I was absolutely <laughs> surprised. I mean, because they had dedicated a lot of their time as well. Yeah. You know, when you're invested in your kids and how much time you spend with them and you know those are their goals and they're so close to achieving it and they say they want to walk away, if my son did that, I don't know if I would have the courage. Maybe it's pride. I don't know. But I don't know if I have the courage to say, okay, and just walk away. But them doing that really made me reflect on <laughs> who I was, what I really wanted, and I figured out after two weeks, that I wanted to go back. And so I finished, you know, finished out my commitment and thankfully they took me back. So for two weeks you didn't practice, play games? Didn't practice or play games. Were there any games during that time anyway? Uh, yes, where it was during the season. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, I felt the weight and the gravity of disappointing my teammates as well, you know? Um, Maybe your parents knew that was yes, going to happen. Yes, <laughs> I think so. I mean, they really put it back on me as a teenager, and that is something so important, mm -hmm. I feel like. You know? Um, so that was a good move. <laughs> and it, I, so I went back, and um, 
not long after that, maybe eight months, then I got my offer from Baylor. So, so yeah, I, that was a bold move on their part, but yeah. it absolutely worked. I mean, thank you for telling us that. That I think a lot of people could probably relate to that, whether they're a parent of that child or um, somehow one of those kids heard this, something like this or a story. Or we we meet somebody and we say, hey, you need to you need to go talk to Rachel <laughs> <laughs> um, about something like this because I think a lot of people go through things like this and they don't necessarily come out on the right end of it. Right. I mean, it, it may be over from that may be like a career ending thing for them and then that, that could change their life. Well, um, and to, and to that point, you know, at some, at some point, and I know we're talking a lot about sports that is happens to be where I was active and my kids are active. Um, at some point it does end, you know, and it is a little bit, you go through a little bit of, an identity crisis because when you commit that much time um, it becomes who you are kind of like your job or any other thing that you do and you commit your time to and your life to it really does become your identity and um, I know after Baylor it, it was difficult and so for kids my son had an injury this fall um, he's looking to play baseball in college I mentioned this summer will be his major recruiting summer um, he had a it could have been a potential, you know, injury that could have ended his baseball career. Thankfully, um, it didn't blow his entire knee out, just his MCL. Um, but during that time, he couldn't do anything. Um, he went through a little bit of a depression because it, you know, that has been his identity. And so I think everybody can face it at different times, even as adults, if you're a marathoner or whatever and you're forced to give it up you go through that little bit of who am I you know and I think that's why it was important for me to continue coaching and just use your talents and what you put your energy into in other ways you know and direct those efforts you could still have a passion and a love for something and maybe it doesn't look the same but you can still fulfill um, you know your passions by either helping others now or you know going into physical therapy we can help athletes or you know it, you just have to adjust because I think that's what life is a little bit about is adjusting because you never know when a you know a career ending injury can happen mm -hmm. so I faced it after Baylor my son potentially faced it this fall and I'm glad he did because I was able to help him through you know who are you you know baseball is not who you are soccer is not who you are it's something you do and I think it's important to teach the distinction between that, you know, you're a great friend to others, you know, you're a Christian, you're XYZ, you're, you know, um, a support to so many because you are, you know, whatever your other talents and who you are at your core, it, that's who you are. You know, baseball and soccer and sports, it's just something we do. Mm -hmm. So this has all started to come full circle. I mean, you're, mm -hmm. you know, you're seeing your kids experiencing it. Right. Um, and I mean, there's some other things. I mean, what else has kind of happened? I know one of your kids has gone through not just injury, but also um, you mentioned the Crohn's disease that he had. Yes. I, I think it'd be good to talk about that a little bit too. Yeah. So um, my son, and this is the same um, child who is pursuing baseball. He's a junior currently in high school. As a freshman, we started to notice he was having a lot of stomach pains. He actually has for most of his life. Um, we just didn't know what it was and it's hard to identify, you know, kids had stomach pains a lot, you know, for whatever reasons. 
but we noticed he's, he lost about 20 pounds in four months. For a growing boy who wants to eat a lot, that's, you know, that's dramatic. And so I knew, obviously, you know, it'd be hard to not notice that. I knew something was wrong. He was a lot of pain, but he's a tough kid. And we've always encouraged our kids to decide if you have an injury or a, you know, a hurt or an injury. Mm-hmm. And so he's learned how to play through a lot of hurt. And so I didn't realize how tough he actually was until he got the diagnosis. Um, he was getting so sick so quickly, he couldn't get out of bed. He was so tired um, and the, the weight loss. And so those were major signs. I actually called Texas Children's because um, his, I guess, I don't know if it was his pediatrician or a family doctor here in town. Anyways, didn't really take it that seriously. And so I went straight, I, I was like, listen, we, we gotta do something. He's starting high school. We gotta address this now. It was the summer before his freshman year. We paid for an MRI out of pocket. <laughs> um, Cause he was going da- downhill that quick. He was losing hair. Um, he was starting to grow like fuzz, fuzz-like um, hair on his arms. If that's your body's way of protecting itself. I knew that from when my sister went through anorexia. Hmm. Your body protects itself by growing fine hair all over it because uh-huh. to keep it warm. Um, so I knew he was on a bad path. And so I paid for an MRI right out. Just we have to do something. The doctor came in and she pulled us to a private room. And I knew that's never a good sign. And she kind of reprimanded us, like, how have you not been here by now? This kid is sick, sick. They were talking about taking his colon out, having a bag starting high school. Um, So we were desperate for our alternatives. And um, we knew just by reading and doing some research that the kids don't always succeed on the biologics, which is what they wanted to put them on. He's a very reactive kid. They started a steroid and an antibiotic right away. Um, and he had a full-blown reaction just to the steroid. He looks like he had ch- chicken pox and became swollen. And one of the side effects to the biologic, the bio- biologic excuse me, that they wanted to put him on was um, in combination with another drug was leukemia in boys under 20 had the highest rate. Um, it was like a spike, you know, that is a red zone is boys under 20 have leukemia. They get leukemia at like a 20 times higher rate, um, for this combination of drugs. And so we knew he, him being in a reactive child, we had to find an alternative. We took him to Cincinnati to see a specialist there that, um, was familiar with the specific carbohydrate diet. It's SCD for short. And using food as therapy and so we wanted to get a second opinion to get permission to try food as a way to treat and within two weeks he had a drastic turnaround we have been able to be off biologics for two and a half years now he has grown eight inches let me see yeah he's like five two five four maybe six you know, he's grown a significant amount in two and a half years and gained 65 pounds. And it really, the diet is what um, has been his medicine. And so 
in a nutshell, real quick, it's no sugar, no wheat, no dairy, no starch, no canned foods, nothing pre-made, no preservatives, no soy. <laughs> so really, I mean, it's like paleo on steroids, and it's it's real food, and it has transformed him. And so he had to work through that as a freshman, and then as a as a sophomore, COVID, and as a junior, knee surgery. So I'm really ready for a break. <laughs> when he <laughs> makes it, when he signs on the dotted line for college, I we we are going to be thrilled. Um, I mean, I think this kind of thing is obviously going to make it made you stronger. It made yeah. your sister stronger. Working through something like that in in high school, and then well, you were even younger when you started mm-hmm. working through it, and then now he's in high school. You're your daughter's also had injuries she's mm-hmm. had to work through yeah um those things are, i think are gonna shape them and help them in the future right and and you know we spent a little bit of time with both kendall and carson you know let's be upset about this injury mm-hmm. for like a day and now we're gonna move on and encouraging them to you got two choices you know you can quit and let this define you or you can overcome it and Thankfully, um, he's been able to overcome all these obstacles. Um, the, the bummer was he was on varsity, you know, freshman, sophomore, and junior year. And uh, he got called up as a freshman. But um, as a sophomore, he was on, on varsity. And that would have been really fun to watch. And then COVID hit. And just, mm. you know. So, yeah, the you know, kids can go through many trials just like we do as adults. And they're kind of my checks and balance because the more I preach at them, the more I realize – probably need to say that to myself <laughs> so um the more I bounce it off them and it, hopefully it'll hit and stick with me some days that I'm not motiva- motivated to get out and get my workout in yeah. so wow well again thank you for telling us yeah. those stories I mean I think that's going to be really helpful for how we can help other people find the right you know people to help them get through things and then rather than ending in a situation or a decision of regret and then not being able to Right. go back and change it and it changes the rest of your life right in a, in a bad way right and you know the your initial thought can't I feel like it's okay you know it's okay to be upset that something happened um, but right just really getting that frame of mind and encouraging your kids because the more you do the more they believe it themselves you know and sometimes I'll tell my kids things that are really maybe <laughs> aren't fully on board with in my mind and my heart yet but I know it's what they need to hear and the more I say, the more we're both encouraged and we both start to believe, you know, you can do this. Um, that was one thing I remember um, at Baylor, you know, if parents are looking for ways to encourage their kids, um, especially play at a higher level. Number one, my parents never put pressure on me, ever. Um, it was something I decided I wanted to do. They never yelled or screamed from the sidelines. It's, I have to work on that a little bit. Um, <laughs> They never, they never yelled or screamed on the sidelines. Um, and the only thing I really remember them saying to me is, you can do it, you know? Um, we went into the Big 12 championship when I was a freshman at Baylor. And of course I was a, fr- you know, as a freshman, I was starting, it's big, it was Baylor's first Big 12. Yeah, said, <laughs> Baylor's first Big 12 championship for any sport. Wow. Um, and uh, our keeper just tore her ACL. She was a she was a 
national team player, keeper, phenomenal. And we had a, our backup going in. And this was against Nebraska. And we were all just kind of like, oh, you know. Um, and it was amazing. So his name is Randy Waldrum. He was the coach I got recruited from um, at Baylor. He left Baylor and went to Notre Dame and won two national championships. Phenomenal coach. And can I tell you the only thing I ever remember him saying to us over and over in the locker room was not yelling, not stats, not game plan, because we had been trained by that point. You know, the only thing I really ever remember him saying, short and sweet, you can do this. I mean, it just stuck with me. And it, and it spoke volumes because there weren't many other words. You know, you really started to reflect on that. Like, you can do this. Um, and he said it with conviction. And that's all I remember him saying before this game. And it, so it's the only thing you have to reflect on. You know, you don't, you don't think too much about um, strategy and this player or that player. You go out and do what you know to do and you've been trained to do and have fun and go do it you know you can because you can mm-hmm. and so I try and tell my kids all that all the time like you can do it um, because if you believe they every child I feel like has to have someone that to believe in them whether it's parents coach and finding the right coach is instrumental as well um, my parents avoided sc- screaming yelling coaches and all coaches are going to do that and I'm okay with that to a certain degree um, but I remember I there was a coach who used to cuss at his girls and say all the time, what are you thinking? You know, just kind of bullying. And he wanted me to play for them. And I remember my parents saying, no, you know, we're going to protect you from that. So, um, so anyways, yeah, in protecting your kids, encouraging your kids, um, and telling them they can do it, you know. And if they fail, it's okay, you know. Um, let's work on what we need to work on and help them through that. So, anyways. You can do this. You can do this. You can do it. I, I tell Kendall all the time, you can do it. So you um, you went into Baylor. I mean, you kind of fast forward. Yeah, I jumped around just I'm, a no, little bit. No, I'm glad you did. Um, because I'm, first I wanted to ask you, did, did you get recruited by anybody else and consider anywhere else? Yeah, so I did take a recruiting trip to LSU. Um, I took a recruiting trip to Texas Tech. Uh, there were some other smaller schools interested. I really, I don't think I ever called back. Um, so yeah, I I was heavily considering LSU. Um, I liked the fact that Baylor was close and my parents could watch, so that's why I chose Baylor. And then you jumped right into it your freshman year. Y'all were, had a really good team. You we got did. the start, and. Did y'all win that Big 12 championship? We game? did. <laughs> we did. It sounded and like you did. So was it two years ago? Um, our team, because we won the first Big 12 championship for any sport at Baylor, they inducted our team into the um, Baylor Hall, uh, the Hall, you know, Sports Hall of Fame. So that was fun. We got to go and um, go out on the field. And so, awesome! Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Um, we did. We had a great coach. A great. I um, mean, he was part of the reason I went there. And you know, he had the program for three years by the time I got there, and. Uh, we I can't remember our final ranking. I know we we broke top twenty midway through season, and then after we won the Big Twelve, I think we broke top ten. And so in three years' time, it's really speaks volume volumes for the coach. Um, and then of course, a year after leaving Baylor, going to Notre Dame, you know, 
Um, he won two national championships, and I, yeah. I can absolutely see how that happened. He, we had the most fun. We went to Germany, um, played the national team there my freshman year. Um, I really, that was the year that stood out. We had so much fun, and then he left. So I know a lot of kids face that too, where coaches leave, especially if you're at college. And when he left after your freshman year. After my freshman okay. year, yeah. And so it was kind of. And it's since that was like the peak year for yeah, for it really was for yeah. several reasons, not just because of that. But mm-hmm. y'all went on to the NCAA tournament. Didn't mm-hmm. how far did you go in that? Ooh, uh, my freshman year, I think we made it past the second round. What's so the furthest was it you went? Sweet, was it Sweet Sixteen? Um, I can't remember if it was the round before Sweet Sixteen or Sweet Sixteen. I think it was the round before Sweet Sixteen. So we made it two rounds and lost in our third round. Okay. So it really was our peak year, and he was part of the reason I went to Baylor. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of downhill for a few years after that. But um, I still enjoyed playing. Traveling is a lot of fun. I got to see places I would have never been able to do um, mm-hmm. otherwise. So, What position did you play? So I was recruited as a forward, a withdrawn forward. So it's kind of like an attacking mid. Um, and played that my whole freshman year. And then when the new coach came in, I played defender the last three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a mind change. Um, but aggressive is aggressive, so it doesn't matter yeah. where you play on the field. I was, okay, so what kind of player were you? I beat my body up. I'll just say that. Um, I don't know if I should share this or not. I, so I did technically knock a girl out with my fist. <laughs> oh, with your fist. Not with my foot. <laughs> Thinking that, yeah, because it is soccer. Not with um, your hand, not your fist. No, it wasn't, it wasn't accidental. Um, wasn't? It was not. Okay. Yeah, share. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say this. Um, so I, I did play very aggressive, um, slide tackling, diving. I mean, I'll, I would put my body in front of the ball to save a shot. Um, That's why he moved you to defender. To defender. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm kind of paying for it now with my neck is, you know, not so good. Um, but um, but it was worth it. It was worth it. <laughs> so this one girl, I had long hair, and I actually think this was in high school before college, but there were some, I did have to go before the NCAA in college too. So, But I, I, this is just kind of the pattern of how I played. Um, there was a girl, I had long hair, a high ponytail. I got the ball away from her. We were battling for it. Um, kicked up the field to my teammate and started jogging up, you know, push up after you get the ball away. And she was behind me and yanked on my ponytail so hard that the back of my head hit the back, you know, the back of my back. Hmm. So um, she was trying to take me down by my ponytail. And I don't know if you ever saw, there's an ESPN video out there about a college player who – there's, if you search it, you could probably find it where she's pulling girls' ponytails and she's pulling them down by their ponytails and she's punching people and kicking people. That is what happened to me. A girl pulled my ponytail so hard. I think that's why I started my neck issues. But um, So she didn't manage to pull me down and my gut, and she tried to run away from me after that. Like, if you're going to start a fight, you know, at least oh turn around and start a fight so she pulled my hair um she tried to run away and it was just gut instinct i couldn't help it i just thought there's no way you just did that and i was like oh no and just i just couldn't help it the fist just flied into her head 
And she was out cold before she hit the ground. She was in the hospital for three days. Um, But don't pull somebody's ponytail, right? Yeah. That's kind of the moral of the story. Uh, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't pull somebody's ponytail. Because you never know. You know, sometimes when you choose something, you may not always get to choose what the consequence is. So watch out for that. And this was behind the play, so nobody saw it, right? Um, Parents saw it. Besides the parents. Yeah. So I knew, um, and and actually the parents uh, actually stood up for me to the ref hmm. um, and told him what happened and that she deserved it. I did get a red card, obviously. You should. Um, so yes, I knew it right away. Took my jersey, I like, well jersey off, walked off the field. I, yeah, I knew. Um, but the her parents, and I'm thinking now, like, I'm sure they could have sued. I'm sure they got a bill. Hmm. Um, I think about injuries now and the bills we have to pay. Uh, but they saw it happen, and they I went and apologized to her after the game, being a you know good girl that I am. <laughs> that was awkward. And her parents said, I honestly don't blame you. I was kind of waiting for the day for this to happen. She was, was she that the kind girl of, on ESPN that was pulling everybody's hair? She was, yes, she played exactly like that. She was like the that. one? She, she, no, she was not <laughs> the one, but she was exactly but like that. that's how she that played, that's and so her parents played. actually were okay with it. What she, she, they, yes, that she, they actually, the mother and the father, they both actually said, I was kind of waiting for this day to happen. Well, the story keeps getting better. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so what year was that of your So I think that was actually the summer before going into Baylor, but I did have an incident at Baylor as well. Um, oh, that was not even in college. That was not even college. Okay. So Baylor was when, um, same thing happened, but she was on my back pulling at me and so I kind of wrapped her around me from the side and did a body slam and my keeper came out and she tried to get up and my keeper came out and and like football form tackled her to the ground sat on top of her another girl was pointing in her face and I kind of may or may not accidentally it really was an accident kicked her in the head um, and so, I mean, it was a brawl. It like, we were swirling. It was like the Charlie Brown, you know, it was a brawl. Um, all three of us had to go before the NCAA board. That was against Missouri. We all had to go before the NCAA board. And I was the only one that didn't have to miss games. <laughs> it was really weird. Because wow. she tried to take me down first, I guess. Even with your reputation. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I told the board, I was like, yeah, what I did was wrong. I honestly and truly wasn't expecting to be taken down by my hair, though. So I had to stop it. Who would be expecting? Yeah. So anyways, um, please, if I have a ponytail and I'm jogging down the street, please don't ever pull oh, my hair. Man. Stay away. <laughs> Hopefully other uh, women will be like that, too. Like, that's yeah. how you should react, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you. If you pull someone's ponytail, you're going to get clocked. Girls are... Girls can be mean on a soccer field. I mean, I hear that all the time, and I see it some, but hearing this story, just... Wow, that confirms it. Yeah, it's... They're, girls are aggressive, and they... they um, they're super aggressive. So, so that's the kind of player you were. That was the kind of player I mean, was. aggressive, and that's what... I mean, I think... It probably fit well in the style y'all played, and mm-hmm. the, I mean that's one of the reasons you were playing at the level you were. Right, right. And so, um, any other uh, stories from college? You know, that those are really not kind necessarily of the ones. just like that, but I mean, you said that led to a little bit of your neck injury. What it did exactly? How, I mean, was there any other injuries? 
major besides? So uh, we were playing Texas, and that I think that was my junior year. I did have a knee injury. I had hyperextended my knee, and my kneecap went sideways and tore my meniscus. Um, my grandmother, who lives in Florida, had never watched me play soccer, and she flew out because my brother was in law school at Texas, so she flew out. Probably really to see him, but happened to make the game. <laughs> it was the first time she's ever watched me in my entire life. And about 10 minutes into the game, I'm going to take a shot um, from a midfielder. Or I can't remember the exact scenario. But anyways, either going to stop a shot or something. And I put my legs straight out to block the girl from, I think that's what it was, block the girl from taking the shot. And my, my heel hit the ground, but... Um, it's kind of like when you're double bounced on the trampoline and you land, you know, straight legged, same type of landing and my knee went completely backwards and you can see it out, like on video, my kneecap just went sideways and then back into place. And, um, I'm rolling on the ground and I'm thinking there is no, there is no way, there is no way my grandmother who's 88, however old, first time to see me play, I'm not going to go out. And so I kept playing. No way. <laughs> I kept playing, and I actually oh, ended up scoring the only goal. No way. Yeah, so. Um, Dislocated patella. Yeah. Torn MCL. Uh-huh. Or meniscus. Yeah, torn meniscus. Yeah, and I was out for six months after that game. Okay. So I kept playing till about the last 10 minutes. We were down 2-1, and I, I, I really couldn't do it anymore. There was about eight minutes left, and I was like, I, f- I feel like I toughed it out. <laughs> so, but I, I, you know. I try and distinguish that, you know, for my kids, is this a hurt or an injury? Because there are two very different things. You can play with a deep bruise or whatever. But you played through an injury there. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes maybe I'm I might. calling you out. Okay. <laughs> I did. Um, so anyways. But yeah, so I just remember moments that um, some of them are traveling Maryland was a beautiful place to go to. We went to Notre Dame. We played USC and UCLA. Um, and so traveling really was an extra benefit out of it that I wasn't really anticipating. I loved seeing the country and Germany. That was really cool. Um, what about the neck injury? So what exactly happened there? That was against A&M. Oh. Yeah. Was your sister playing there yet? She was. Because you were a sen- it was your senior year game? It was my senior year game. I'm trying to think. Because you said that's when y'all played each other. Yes, we did. Um, it might have been the year before. I, I The years, listen, it's kind of been a long time. <laughs> so <laughs> we're talking like this is 20-something years ago. Um, I hadn't asked you that to this point. I was just going to kind of let Yeah. <laughs> so I was battling with the ball. And, and for this reason, I'm really glad they put in place um, head injury protocols for girls. And they can't do headers in soccer for a long while. Um, the younger girls cannot, they're not allowed to hit the ball. Like, Once that's they're a, 12, that's a, that, Yeah. So or I, the U12 girls came, so 11. So I really enjoy that. But um, they're, you're like limited in number. They're limited. And I like the, the concussion protocol. Um, so it, another midfielder and I were battling for the ball. The keeper punted. And those girls can punt the ball, you know, in college. And we were battling shoulder to shoulder, and I was a little bit off balance. You have to hit it square for a good header. And because we were battling for it, I was um, I didn't hit it square. And my neck, whatever position it was, it hit off of me instead of me hitting it mm-hmm. correctly. And so it jammed my neck, and I just went down instantly. I busted three discs. I 
had since had a neck surgery and I probably need another one. Hmm. There are some days I can't, my first finger doesn't feel well. Um, but my discs were all three bulging, severely degenerative by the time I had surgery. Two were torn and then I had bone spurs on the other side. So the, the worry was that the bulging discs and the bone spurs were putting pressure on my spinal cord. So they went and did a laminectomy on three of my vertebrae to remove that pressure. But I think some of my bone spurs are regrowing. So yeah, I deal with injuries. I mean, I was actually and that was a while ago. It was a long time that ago. Surgery. That was my senior year that I had the injury, and then my surgery was after I had two kids. So oh, quite okay. a, quite a while, a while later, maybe ten years later. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I still deal with that. And but that didn't end your career, or it kind of did. You know, so I think we might have been a month away from being done my senior year. And so I tried to, I remember I tried to come back for a few games and made it maybe halfway through. I was, I was in a lot of pain. Um, when I say I can't, I mean, I couldn't move on the field. And then it's, I was having a hard time getting out of bed. I really, really couldn't move. Um, I was just, just, I wasn't paralyzed. I was just in that much pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, yeah, so it's still lasting. It did not end it technically. I still played in the uh, in the tournament at Big Twelve tournament after that. I just wasn't as effective because I was hurt. Yeah. So yeah, injury. I'm glad they're doing the head, you know, concussion protocol. My sister actually knocked herself out in Ireland when she was playing with AM. She was uh, playing defense and headed the ball out of the goal, but in the process hit the post hmm. so hard that she didn't know where she was. Um, and that has had lasting effects on her, mm-hmm. you know, headaches. And so, anyways, all those are good things to put in place. Um, so, after. This kind of led to you wanting to coach a little bit, right? I mean, right. So then uh, we're going to kind of fast forward a little yes. bit from finishing playing soccer. And then did you pretty much not play soccer for a while before you start? And then you started something here in College Station? Correct. So um, I, right after college, I um, we moved down here. I taught. And then um, soon after, we had our first child. It was kind of unexpected. Um so I ended up staying home with my first two. And just to do, make a little extra money, I actually ended up coaching three different teams. I had a girls team. There were three different club teams. One boys U14 team. That was um, all here? Uh-huh. Okay. In town. It was when the kids were little, so it's been a long time. But um, and they, then, what, what leagues were these? Is this the city? or is like No, it was a club. Um, and they competed... In Houston and Austin, it was actually more of like a travel tournament team, the girls team that I did. So they would join these like challenge tournaments and stuff like that and then compete. And then they had a few regular season games. But um, And I don't remember because it's been a while. I'm sure the league has even changed since then. But So it was a club team, similar to challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so coached them for years and years and years. Um, and a U14 boys team was, was pretty interesting. Um did coaching come naturally to you? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, when something is over and you have to start a new chapter, you really want to consider, you know, what you love and enjoy and make it into something new, um, either a new career, a new hobby or whatever. And so uh, it was my first time coaching and loved it right off the bat. 
Um, loved working with the girls. Loved motivating the girls. Um, one of my pet peeves is when a coach says, what are you thinking? I can't stand that because they don't know what the, that is your job as a coach, you know, mm-hmm. instead of saying that, you know, I would stop play, you know, during scrimmage or whatever, if it was open scrimmage or practice and just, you know, tell them all the time, okay, look at where you are, open your hips, find this person, see this lane and just try and coach them through scenarios so that when it comes up again, you, know, you can remind them, remember, we talked about those lanes. So go and do that and just, you can do it, you know, motivate. So I really enjoyed motivating others. And so, um, then when my kids got to an age that, um, I didn't want to miss their nighttime activities, you know, I kind of moved into the hot shots. Um, so what is hot shots? Okay. So hot shots and, and you may not know this, but I actually did not technically start hot shots. I think actually I did. I forgot though. Yes. So Lisa Villalobos, um, yeah, she did it. Uh, so hot shots is a preschool soccer program here in College Station, um, and it's designed to, I think Lisa originally had it designed for, uh, just to expose littles, um, preschool age kids, and even 18 months old, um, through, you know, until they get into school or can join a city league, um, expose them to soccer. It starts, we start with coordination where they can run through the ladder. It's fun. Um, so basically from whenever they're able to walk until yes. they're about six years old. Yes. And so with the skills that y'all do, it's mostly, I mean, it's mostly skills training. It's not like a league that you've formed. You've got these kids that are 18 months old all the way mm-hmm. up to six and you know, kind of what do you, what do y'all do out there? How did it end up getting in your hands? Right. So it originally started where she um, was a stay at home mom and it was a way for other moms to connect. You know, sometimes that can be kind of a lonely job. And so she used soccer as a way to connect other moms and it just kind of grew organically. I think she started a website eventually, but it was word of mouth. I heard about it through word of mouth. And so, um, so yeah, they start 18 months old, um, way for moms to connect, you know, get out and have something to do. I think she charged maybe $5 a session. She wanted stay at home moms to be able to afford it. And, um, so it starts with skills training, just, you know, kids running around. There's really not a whole lot of purpose, but there is structure. (laughs) I mean, the purpose is coordination, developing that, but you know, at 18 months, you're basically hurting them. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was fun. And so they develop into starting little scrimmages by age six to where then they can springboard into city where they really are ready and prepared and trained to pick up city soccer. So it really, I I just thought it was, this is beautiful. So, um, with my daughter about halfway through, she got a job with A&M and sent out an email saying, I'm sorry, we're no longer continuing this. I'm starting next week at the job at A&M or two weeks or whatever. And I emailed it instantly. I talked to kid. I was like, okay, I got to take this over because this can't end. This is, I saw it as a community service in a way. Wasn't really making a whole lot of money, but I didn't, I didn't want to at the same time. I really wanted stay at home moms during the day to find a place to connect and encourage, you know, through soccer and encourage them to stay active. And, um, so I emailed her, we met almost right off the bat. I bought the business from her for, you know, pennies, basically all of her, um, you know, equipment, equipment. (laughs) yes, just the equipment. 
she gave me her binder and I kind of tweaked it and developed it a little bit and carried that on for a few years and it was really fun. Um, the kids play on, I don't know if they still do, but they used to scrimmage, you know, during halftime of the Aggie women's soccer games. And it just helps for little kids to develop a love for soccer and for being outside and for being, you know, active. And so it was just the perfect fit for the perfect amount of time. Would my have my son Kaz, um, and my husband was also starting um, his two businesses. And so it was a little bit much um, for him to be gone as much as he was and me trying to take this on with the newborn and two other kids. And so um, I ended up selling it to Rachel Rayleigh, who now runs it. And I guess it's still going. I don't it know. Is. Okay. It's at the park next to our house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told her at the time when she bought it, like, hey, if you really want to turn this into a business, like, look into the daycares. I wasn't personally willing at the time when I was running it to, to, to do night classes because that's when my older two kids had their activities and I really wanted to be involved with my kids. And so um, Rachel has done a phenomenal job with night classes and as she's gone into the daycares. And so really we're just trying to, you know, she she has taken that, on, that role on and um, done a great job promoting being active at a young age mm -hmm. and developing a love um, for this specifically soccer. Are you still involved at all? No, not at all. Okay. Nope. Yeah, and we, we were happy to see something like that when we came here mm -hmm. six years ago because we were in a city where that didn't have anything like that. So you see your typical um, four, three, four, five-year-old kids playing soccer and it's completely pointless, honestly. Yes, like, yes. And yes. people know that and kind of joke about it and just say, oh, right. that's just the way it is. Yes. But then we came here and found out about that, and we started reading about it. Like, wait a second, this is actually like learning soccer, right? Um, and Teaching. so there's, that's kind of the direction it's going with that youth, basically mm -hmm. under seven years old, um, around that age is when they can start like actually incorporating some team things. Even seven, eight years old is a little tough. Mm -hmm. um, I've done that with City League with my yeah. son, and that was rough. Um, <laughs> yes. just trying to get them to actually play soccer, um, but having, like you said, having those skills. In development, developing those skills at that age helps you so much in going into the actual like team sport. Right, it gives you the fundamentals and really the foundation. Um, you know, we're not looking to develop Olympic athletes at seven, <laughs> nor should there be any pressure to. But, however, what I will say is that it gives them the the fundamentals and the foundation to have it can click and, and connect in their little brain. Um, to where when they do get on the city field, they know what they're doing. They know, I mean, as simple as knowing which direction to go. You know, we teach them how to do that and how to use the inside and the outside of their feet and mm -hmm. how to give teammates a high five. Like, those are all part of learning, you know, learning how to be part of a team. So, okay. yeah, that was my Hot Shots experience. Well, I'm glad you had Hot Shots and helped that keep going because yes. it was I did something not. we got to personally enjoy. Yes, I did not want it to end. It was, it, it's a cool program, so check it out if you live in College Station. Yeah, we'll definitely link that in the show notes, um, how to get in touch with Rachel Rayleigh. That's not her last name anymore, is it? It is. Okay. Shipley was her main name. Okay, now Rachel Shipley Rayleigh. Okay. So, a few questions just kind of wrap things up. Sure. First, what hobby, activity, or sport would you like to try outside of anything you've ever tried, like if you could try anything tomorrow? Yes, I, something instantly came to my mind, and that would be surfing. I have never tried surfing. We've been to the beach a lot. I would love to try surfing. I'm not sure I would be really like at it, but 
Um, maybe with a good instructor. I would well, absolutely. I think they start you with a longboard. So okay. I think you could do it. You're I've, an athlete. I've <laughs> paddleboarded. I don't know. I mean, skateboarding. It's not. It's like a different kind of balance, is it not? I'm not. I, have, well, I, I can't say that. I haven't done it, but Allison has done it. She said that it's. Um, it's it, on a longboard. It's more stable than you think. It's not like it's a short six okay. foot surfboard. I mean, that's totally different. Okay. Um, but getting on a longboard or like a paddleboard, you've been on a paddleboard. You said yes. It's you could do it. Yes, really, honestly, I'm up for anything outside. I, my parents instilled that in me, just a love for being outside and outdoors. Um, <laughs> I was saying earlier how uh, my mom's favorite thing to do is kick us three outside and lock the door so she could have some quiet time. I mean, it's just, you know, not in a mean way, but really she emphasized um, just being outside and being bored outside is okay too. Like make up some games. We used to do that all the time. So um, yeah, we love skiing as a family and, but yes, I would love to learn how to surf. <laughs> what is your favorite vacation spot with your family? Um, is it something related to skiing? Probably beach? so. Is it mountains or beach? Um, I go both ways. I really feel like as a family, we enjoy the mountains more okay. um, because skiing is something we all enjoy and love to do. My husband does not love the beach. He thinks about all the critters that are in there past, you know, visibility <laughs> level. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad used to tow airplanes up and you know, the banners up and down where I'm from Daytona beach. He used to tow those banners oh, cool. and he used to tell me all the time, like, you I can see everything that's in that water. It's a lot closer than anything. So oh, really? maybe I need to rethink the surfing thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we love skiing as a family. We um, we usually go to Colorado, but uh, we recently took a trip to Park City. That is probably my favorite place. I love it. But I would love to go to Canada one time and see what kind of skiing they have up there. Like All West Canada, us. BC? Maybe so. Uh, I don't know. Whistler? Yes, yes, exactly. And, um, but all three of the kids, that is something, and my husband, it's something we all five love. So I, we enjoy that for a vacation. So all of your kids have skied? Yes. Already. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess your youngest is about eight. Kaz is eight. He started skiing when he was probably two or three. That's awesome. Yeah. So he's fearless. He, he wants to transition to snowboarding, which, uh, it's rough. It's a rough, I did snowboarding for a while, but I've because of my, yeah. my neck. is way better. <laughs> Skiing's way better. Thank you. I mean, you hit that edge on a snowboard and you just. I know. I've, I've been hurt. I still have a problem from. Do you? That's why. Seventeen years ago. Do you really? That's why I don't want to let Kaz do it because yeah. I think skiing is way safer. Yeah. So skiing's better. I mean, snowboarding may be cooler, mm -hmm. but it's not. It's so much more dangerous. It's only cool if you know what you're doing and you're kind of like not a cool poser. You know, yeah. like you're falling every three. You may look cool, but. <laughs> I'll mean, leave you can get down. There's skiers in the X Games, so there you go. Yeah. That's all I need. Um, what about when, do y'all do that in the summer at all? Like mountains in the summer? We or have. Has it all been in the winter? We have. Um, and then uh, usually during the summer, we'll try and take a, a little beach vacation. My mom had a stroke about three years ago, and she's kind of, um, you know, struggled cognitively. She's handicapped. And so us. As a family, my brothers and my sister and I, we try and make it a point to get together with her and our entire family twice a year. So, yeah, summer's usually beach and winter's usually mountains. Awesome. Well, the final thing to kind of wrap things up, what kind of advice would you give someone considering team sports for themselves or their children? This is kind of going back to our main conversation of 
you benefiting from team sports. I mean, right. I know individual sports are good too. There's yes. nothing there's nothing wrong with those. Exactly. But what kind of someone coming to you, or you you know about somebody that needs some advice? What would you tell them about team sports? I would. I'm a total advocate for team sports, obviously. Um, and again, I'll you know I'll preface that with saying. Obviously, you need to look at what your child's interest and talents and, and, you know, the idea of team sports can also apply. But for me, I can speak to what I know, and that is that team sports transformed my life. It took me out of my shell, um, avoid the bad coaches who yell and scream nonstop and embarrass your kid. So you want to be sensible about it um, make sure you're in the right place for your kids it's a sport that they are interested in and enjoy and if they don't know try something um, try any team sport and go through them all until mm-hmm. they find something that really really sticks with them um, but I absolutely would say just do it um, it's kind of like being motivated to work out you know sometimes you're not and just do it <laughs> just do it anyways but it absolutely helps create and mold and shape you know, the character in me as a child, but also my kids. Um, it teaches discipline. It teaches hard work. It teaches how to work together with others. And that can absolutely translate into adulthood when you have to work at a job or with others, you know, doing volunteer work or whatever. Um, and so those are main, th- those are qualities that you want to instill in your kids. And a fast way to do that is put them on a team sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really am a huge advocate, obviously, being a coach as well. Um, so yes, I would say just do it. Um, I think that's great advice. It comes from, from a lot of someone who has a lot of experience doing it, both yourself and I mean your family, your kids, your sibling. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you've all been involved with team sports, so uh, that's kind of like the thing with a lot of different things that we ask about advice with people trying is. You've got to get out there and do it. You got to um, do it. Don't wait for the motivation no. or the right opportunity. Nope. Um, you just do it, and you'll 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 know. I mean, there's a lot of options out there. So, and the parents can be a big factor of that of helping people get into the right team sport. And I think that is bottom line. And and I'll say, you know, the, your first go at it may not be a fairy tale experience for your kid. They may not even enjoy it, or you may lose every game, whatever the case may be. It may not be the best experience for your kid. Um, but there are lessons in it for your kid, you know, learning how to lose is important Mm -hmm. gracefully. My youngest really struggles with that. We've, I've had to go, I've had to pull him off the baseball field before in between innings and, you know, correct his behavior. But all that is so necessary in shaping them, Mm -hmm. um, as a kid, um, when they pout, it's a great opportunity um, when they win, it's a great opportunity to be gracious too. So there are so many, even if it doesn't go well, don't give up, don't be frustrated, continue. And if your kid is not good at what something they love, go out there and you, I say a ball on a wall all the time. Like if it's soccer, all you need is a ball on a wall. Um, and juggle and help them pass the ball, pass it against the wall and help them in whatever skill. But yeah, go out there with your kids too and encourage them to practice some more on their own to become mm-hmm. better and you know, it's like being an entrepreneur, you got to pursue it yourself and go out there and work hard and make it happen. Just get them outside and shut the garage door. That's right. Lock them out. No, that is, that is not my, my last word, but yes, that was yes. Mine. Sorry. there's so many, there's so many great lessons, good and bad, you know, and that's life. So yeah. yes, do it. 
Well, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so yeah. much for being here. an open book and just at telling all the stories, um, both the good experiences, the bad experiences. Um, I think we can all learn a lot from the things you've experienced, things your family's experienced, and the things you're going to experience in the future. So, I mean, there's still a right. lot to go. I mean, your kids are still young. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much for just being so open for everything yeah. and coming on to the Active Texan. My pleasure. For more information about College Station Physical Therapy and Performance, please visit our website at collegestationpt.com or check us out on Facebook at College Station Physical Therapy and Performance or on Instagram at College Station PT. That's it for today. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody, to The Active Texan.